Good morning, Cross Point Fellowship. I'm so glad that you've chosen to worship with us today. Whether you're here in person or online, we are glad that you are here. Each day comes with its own set of circumstances. Good times, hardships, laughter, and tears. Regardless of your circumstances today, God has brought us together this morning to worship Him in spirit and in truth. Our primary text this morning is going to be in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. Let me invite you to go ahead and turn there. Now, my dear people, we are in a tough season. We're in a darkened season. It's a difficult time in our lives and in our church, no doubt. And it is no mere coincidence that today we are in our first week of Advent. I didn't plan it. Nobody else here planned it. It was God's design that we are here in the first week of Advent. God knows where each one of us are this morning and what we're going through. He has given us a message today in our first week of Advent, symbolized earlier by the Hicks family as they lit the first candle of Advent, the candle of hope. As we move into the season of Advent. And I want to offer this as a definition of what Advent is all about. Because there may be some people here that are like, what's that? You know, I grew up in First Baptist Church, Fort Stockton. I know what Advent was. You know, it wasn't until I was older. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what age. But I was older. But Advent is a purposeful celebration and we worship God for the coming Messiah nearly 2,000 years ago. And we anticipate his second coming to call us, his bride, the church, home for all eternity. We're going to be focusing on four truths as we worship the Lord in this season of Advent. Today, and you've already heard this, is hope. Next week, peace. And then joy. And then love. Now turn with me to Isaiah 9 2. Stand if you can and read with me from the Word of God. Isaiah 9 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. This is the reading of the Word of God. Please be seated. Now I want to challenge you for just a moment. I want you to think back in your life 
and think about the things that you've been given. Think about the best gift you've ever received. Maybe it was as a, as a child, maybe a teenager, or a young adult, or even as a seasoned adult. I can name a number of things that I've always considered some of the best things I've ever received. First was in 1977 when I met, met Kendra, and eight months later, we were married, and we've just recently, well, several months ago, celebrated our 45 years together. Then it was the birth of our two sons, John and Adam. What a, what a gift that was. But more than that, than watching them accept Jesus as the Lord and Savior and witnessing their baptism. And now as Paul Paul, we've been blessed with, and Kiki, we've been blessed with seven grandchildren. Out of those, we've then witnessed five ask Jesus to be their Lord and we've witnessed their baptism. We've got two little ones that we're still praying for. But those are joys. That's my greatest gift on this horizontal plane is our grandchildren seeing them come to know the Lord as their Savior. My dear people, we have so much to be thankful for in our lives. The list is nearly endless. Not quite but almost. While we go through hard times in our lives, and we're going through a hard time in our church fellowship right now. Hard times indeed. But we must remember to put our focus where our focus belongs. I've got a friend that used to say this a lot. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Now there's a little chuckle with that, but there's real truth in that. The focus is to be on the one who truly counts above all things. To recognize where our hope resides. It might be considered an understatement by some to say that this has been a hard year. Maybe for some, the worst year you've gone through. Which is the reason I would pray for nothing more for you than in this year to end on a high note. To end on a hope note. For as dark and difficult as things have been, there is absolutely a light at the end of this tunnel. During this Advent season, we celebrate the hope that we have in Jesus as we remember his humble and miraculous journey into the world. While it is true that we go through and we have gone through rough times, it is also true that we as believers, followers of Jesus Christ, that in those rough times, we are to turn quickly in the midst of the storm and seek refuge in Christ. 
It is in Christ that we find our peace, our joy, our love. And today we look to him for our hope. Psalm 30 verse 5 says, Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. You see, our hope is Christ. I'm going to repeat that. Our hope is Christ. The arrival of Jesus on the earth was to become the hope to all people. And for many centuries, God's people stumbled in the darkness, in captivity, in the wilderness, in going from place to place, under judges, under kings, and even a 400-year period of time where they heard nothing from God. Not a prophetic word, nothing from God for 400 years. Many of us know what it's like to be surrounded by darkness, seemingly with no hope. It's hard to have hope when all you see around you is darkness. We also know how to best eliminate darkness. Darkness. Now watch this. When does darkness disappear? When light comes on. And guess what? Darkness cannot push back against the light. Because you see, in reality, darkness is simply the absence of light. It's really not an entity of its own. Because it can be pitch black. We got a little taste of that here. There was light coming from the outside, but that's okay. You got the idea. But when did darkness leave? The instant that light was present. The light always overcomes the darkness. When Jesus made his appearance on the earth, the prophecies of the Old Testament were fulfilled completely, and the world found hope in the birth of its Savior. Jesus is the light of the world, and the darkness cannot overcome us due to his power, his strength, and his majesty. Look again at Isaiah 9, 2. The people who walked in darkness, have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on, him, on them has light shone. Isaiah was a prophet of God, and some would claim Isaiah to be the greatest prophet. He was prophesying to a broken people who were filled with, the, with discouragement and one of the darkest times in their history. But what Isaiah offered through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit was hope. What was that hope that he spoke of? 
that there would be a light to replace the darkness and that light would shine on those living in the deepest darkness. When I had the lights turned off, that reveals something important. Darkness can only happen when light is not there. However, darkness immediately disappears when the light is turned on. We know that Isaiah was speaking prophetically about the coming of Jesus, the Messiah. We also know that Christ has already been here once to die for our sins. And now we patiently wait. Okay, sometimes not so patiently wait. But we wait for Jesus' second coming. And as we move together through this season of Advent, on our way to Christmas, we must first recognize, acknowledge, and celebrate the hope that we share in Jesus Christ. He is the light of hope piercing through the deepness of darkness. He will return for his bride, the church, to take us home for all eternity. And until that time, we trust that he will do exactly what he said he would. And he gives us hope. And that hope is in Christ alone. Because you see, hope provides light in the midst of darkness. Romans 15, verses 12 and, 12 and 13 says, And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Isaiah is being quoted in Romans 15 as the Apostle Paul is pointing to the root of Jesse as the source of our hope. This prophetic statement is about Jesus Christ who is the source of our hope. After quoting Isaiah, Paul gives us a little mini benediction and exhortation he prays that we would be filled with joy and peace that would overflow with hope. Think about this for a moment. Our joy and peace will increase as we trust in Christ, which leads to an overflow of hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Notice in this passage that hope does not increase due to favorable circumstances. And hope does not decrease because of unfavorable circumstances. Hope exists for us in the person of Jesus Christ. So even in the midst of deep darkness, frustration, pain, and loss, we can be overflowing with hope in Christ Jesus alone. Now, one problem that we have in our humanity is to maintain a trust and confidence in God's plan for our lives. If you're like me, 
You like to put your own plan in place because we think we can do it a little bit faster, a little bit better. That's part of our humanity. It's natural to have doubts, and it is not unusual to be unhappy or scared or confused, frustrated, or even mad. What that means is that you and I are simply human. And it's exactly that kind of human that God sent his son to die for. For us. On your very worst day, Christ is for you. His light is shining and driving the darkness away from our lives. In him, you have hope. It's important to remember in all of this that when you surrender your life to follow Christ, something amazing happens. The material things that you once thought you couldn't live without seem to lose their shine. You truly become a new creation with new motives, new desires, and new goals. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The Apostle Paul says it in this way in his letter to the church in Galatia. In Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. As you grow in faith, you begin to overflow with hope. Remember Romans 15, 13? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of, of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. As hope comes pouring out of you in every situation, and through any adversity, where do you think it goes? We overflow, and it goes out. And it touches other people. It covers other people. It encourages other people. Because they see a hope in you that maybe they've never known. Back in the late 80s, early 90s, I was working in the Patterson's Medical Clinic, and I was doing counseling and a number of other things for the doctors there and for their patients. And I would walk up and down the hall, and I was always whistling or humming. I mean, that's just what I do. So this 18-year-old student worker came one day and knocked on my office door. It was open. She stepped in. She said, I got a question. I said, okay. She said, why are you always so stinking happy? And I said, am I? And she said, you're always singing or humming or whistling or something. What is, it, what is it about you that brings that? And she kind of hesitated and she said, it's more than happiness. 
I said, well, let me fill the blank in for you. It's called joy. She said, yeah, that's it. That's the word I'm looking for. What is it? So I invited her to sit down, and I told her about my Jesus. She'd never heard. 18 years old, a senior in high school at Greenville High School, and had never heard the gospel presentation. Ever. I thought she was pulling my leg for a minute. I thought, surely you've heard that name. She didn't. So what God did with that, I don't know, but she got to hear it that day. That's what we're to do with our joy is it overflows in our life. People are going to come up and say, what is it about you that's different? Ah, then you get to share Jesus with them. We are not to hide the light. Growing up at First Baptist Church, Fort Stockton, in the Sunday school experience, we often sang this little song. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. The second verse is, hide it under a bushel, no. I'm going to let it shine. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to let that light shine from us. It's the light of hope unto those all around us. And 1 Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Then Jesus said in Matthew 5, 14 through 16, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We're a lighthouse. But one of the facts about a lighthouse, a lighthouse doesn't produce its own light. There's a light giver in that lighthouse. And that light in us is Jesus Christ. And it is only due to him that we have any light of hope. We are to shine that light to others. Let them see Jesus in you through the tough times, through the disappointing times in your life, through all things, let him shine. Let me encourage you this Advent season to be rooted in the hope of Jesus Christ because there is no greater gift we can give to those around us than the eternal hope of Christ when we believe strongly that God will come through on his promises for us, then we're stirred to let our hope spill over into those around us. Choose hope this Advent season, this Christmas season, and let it be contagious. C.S. Lewis said, Hope is one of the theological virtues. This means that a continual looking forward to the eternal world 
is not, as some modern people think, a form of escapism or wishful thinking. But one of the things a Christian is meant to do, it does not mean that we are to leave this present world as it is. Because if you read the history, you will find that the Christians who did most for the present world were simply those who thought most of the next. Let me be specific in closing. It's easy to be overwhelmed by the state of where we are. Where Cross Point Fellowship is at the present time. But do not lose heart. Jesus has overcome the world. Stop believing the lies that we're stuck in a rut. That things will never change. Rather, make a choice through the power of the Holy Spirit to find hope in the promises of God. Choose to believe that Jesus' birth changes everything. Each day we can be defeated by darkness or we find victory in the light of Christ. Choose hope. Share it with others. This coming week, think about the people in your life who you spend the most time with. Family, friends, co-workers, your local barista. Consider ways you can share the hope that you have with them. And my dear people, if you're running low on hope, feeling like your light isn't shining as bright as it used to, then spend time on your knees with the Lord. Pray and ask God to continue to provide that hope in your life through Jesus every day. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that in him we have hope. We thank you that in him that hope overflows into a world that needs light. Because the world is a place of darkness. But Father, in Christ Jesus, we find the light for our lives. For the hope that we have to not only continue in our lives, but to move forward in our lives. Father, thank you for loving us and I thank you for Jesus. In his name I pray these things. Amen.